All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Misfit Nation. Last episode, we got to hear from Charles Davis Jr. Man, I enjoyed watching him make moves since 2008. That conversation was great, and I truly cannot wait to see where he goes next. Thanks for being on, and do not hesitate to reach out in the future. In this episode, we bring in David Shade. He's a CEO, CEO, entrepreneur, combat veteran, paratrooper, Purple Heart recipient, and professional certified dog trainer. After returning home from Afghanistan in 2008, he got his first dog, a female boxer named Lulu. David was then diagnosed with PTS, post-traumatic stress, and found that Lulu, like all dogs, have the power to heal us through companionship. He's a great human with an incredible mindset and an awesome story. So without further ado, let's get Mr. David Shade on here. All right, let's welcome to the show Dave Shade of Put Pup Camp. How you doing, Dave? Pretty good, Rich. I really appreciate you having me on. It's uh, it's an honor. Uh, once I seen what your uh, your website and your friend had re- recommended you, I was really intrigued about the the boot camp stuff for puppies since I have four of them, uh, all rescues, and uh, you know they're always a, a pleasure to have at the house, especially when you get them at different stages of their lives. So uh, your story was really intriguing. I'd like you to be able to share it with our audience. Yeah, that sounds great. And I'm really happy to hear that you're a dog guy. Um, it's always easier to talk to somebody who's part of the tribe who uh, <laughs> is a dog owner. So I, I appreciate that. Awesome. Actually, right now I have seven at the house since my grand dogs are here. Oh, geez. You yeah, got so a I'm full hiding. house then. Yeah, I'm hiding right now upstairs to try to stay away from noise. <laughs> right, I hear you. <laughs> All right. So if you'd like to just uh, tell us a bit of your story from as far back as you want to through your service with the 82nd Airborne to how you wound up where you are today. Of course. Yeah. So, um, you know, I grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania. Um, you know, and I, and I had a lot of challenges, uh, while growing up and I never really kind of fit in, you know, I've always been kind of like a rebel. Um, you know, like I struggled, I struggled in high school. I ended up having to drop out and go get my GED. And I've always just never fit into, you know, the puzzle that you're expected to. Um, and then I, I turned 18, you know, and a lot of my friends at that time, you know, they go off to college. And I'm kind of lost. And it's like, what am I going to do? Like, I couldn't go to college. I didn't have a car. I didn't have much, you know, money. So I decided to enlist in the Army, you know, in the year 2005, which was just after, you know, 9-11. And I felt it was my patriotic duty to serve my country. And I wanted to do that. I wanted to, you know, get out of my small town and, and see the world and, you know, and, and go, almost really go on an adventure while I could serve my country. So I went to the local recruiter station. And, uh, you know, in a matter of weeks, I had already shipped out and I signed on to uh, be a 19 Delta Cavalry Scout, which is like doing reconnaissance. It's kind of like infantry, but with half the people, but doing double the work. And um, are you an infantry guy? I was a chemical recon guy, so I understand. Okay, right. So, yeah, so we did reconnaissance. um, And as a part of my contract, I got to go to airborne school. So I shipped out in 2005. and went through uh, basic training. And really for the first time in my life, I really excelled at something. Uh, And it was a great experience and it helped me mature into a man from being a boy. 
So I went through uh, basic training. And then after that, I went through uh, airborne school, uh, which was obviously a, a, a real challenge. And after I completed those, I then was sent to my duty station, which was uh, Fort Bragg uh, in the 82nd Airborne. And we stood up a new unit and we trained for about a year before we ended up deploying. And we deployed in 2007 to Afghanistan, where uh, my unit uh, was kind of operating on the eastern side of the country. And I spent about 15 months there which was a pretty long time. We had gotten extended. This was happening right around the same time as the Iraq surge. So it wasn't surprising that we got extended in Afghanistan. So we relieved the 10th Mountain Division. We get there, you know, in January, in the middle of winter, it's freezing cold. Um, and we, you know, start operating in country and spent 15 months there, which was quite a long time. And during my time there, you know, we, we were in some firefights. Uh, we ran into some IEDs. I, uh, my, my truck was hit by two IEDs um, and, you know, had some, some experiences that were really intense. Um, I lost a couple friends, uh, you know, through various circumstances. And, um, you know, it, it really defined who I would become after that experience. So I spent four years in the army and I was honorably discharged. I, I'm at the age of 22. I'm a, I'm a freaking kid. And I moved back home to Pennsylvania. I get in this apartment by myself. And now I have this entire world of experience. I was in combat with a purple heart. And now it's like, well, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? Um, and so I decided to, you know, try to figure out what I was going to do. I started going to college, but right around that time, I started struggling with the effects of post-traumatic stress. And what's interesting, at least in my experience with post-traumatic stress, is I wasn't really experiencing the major symptoms while I was still overseas. It was when I came back home and had to adjust back to regular lifestyle or civilian life. And then I started experiencing the effects of post-traumatic stress. You know, I had things like nightmares. Um, I was constantly looking over my shoulder on high alert at all times. Because I was hit by a couple IEDs, I would sometimes be driving and get this feeling of dread. I would have to pull over and stop. It was kind of like a panic attack. Uh, and, I, and I was really, really struggling. And I had nobody to talk to. My old unit had redeployed back to Afghanistan. So everybody was back overseas. You know, and, and who's, who's gonna, who can I share these experiences with? You know, my, my friends who were good friends who went to college, you know, they, they have no idea. So uh, I felt really alone. And right around that time, I, you know, I had always wanted a dog and I bring this dog into my home. I get this puppy. Uh, and now all of a sudden, not only am I struggling with this stuff, but I have this puppy who, you know, is like 10 weeks old and her name was Lulu. And she needed me for everything, for walks, for food, uh, you know, for training, uh, for interactions, you know, feeding water, crating, crate training, potty training. You know, this, this puppy needed me for everything. It's kind of like having a newborn. And <laughs> yes. so it, 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 and it gave me focus. And it, and it put my mind towards a mission, towards a goal for the first time since I had been out of the military, which was take care of this puppy. Like, I got to keep this puppy alive and I got to do socialization and all of these things. And so a bond began to develop with this puppy. And 
it, it, it completely fundamentally changed me because now I had to not worry about myself. I had to worry about this other living being and it helped begin the healing process. Now, look, I went into therapy for a couple of years to get through some of this stuff, but that animal began that healing process with the bond that developed between me and this, this unassuming boxer puppy named Lulu. And it began this healing process to, you know, bring me back into the world and rehabilitate me. And, you know, she really taught me how to feel again, how to live again and how to live again, uh, as well as other benefits. Like, you know, if I was sleeping and there was a, a bump in the night, she'd wake up and she'd bark or growl. That would wake me up. So I felt safer. Because it's like I didn't have to be on guard duty all the time. She was kind of taking some of that role. You know, she taught me to control my anger. Uh, because if I got angry at something, she would end up running away, which would remind me to like, I have this like little puppy here. I can't like scare her if I'm angry at something else. So she really changed my life and, and put me on a, a road of healing. And I would say that the, the, the dog actually saved my life from, you know, becoming a statistic. I, you know, I know veterans who I served with that have committed suicide because of their post-traumatic stress, you know, and that's where the 22 veterans a day comes from. And this dog saved my life. So that planted a seed in my mind where I was like, I gotta, I want to work with these animals. Like I need to do something to give back to these animals you know, because there's a shelter epidemic in the country, you know, 670,000 dogs each year being euthanized in shelters due to overcrowding. You know, something could be done to help these these dogs. <clears throat> so I didn't know what it was I was going to do. I don't know if I was going to maybe, you know, start my own rescue or maybe I become a veterinarian or what it was or when I would do it, maybe when I retired. But I was finishing up college. Uh, I was studying biology. And again, I don't, I never fit into the puzzle exactly right. You know, I never did what I was supposed to do. You know, I'm in my last semester of college. I am dropping out of college, creating my company and becoming a professional certified dog trainer. And the reason I did that was because I want to work with animals. And what do I know? You know, I'm just, I'm just some brickhead from you know the army that was just a ground pounder you know what do i know well, i know training we did a we did a lot of training in fact that's all we did was training so i know training real well why don't i become a dog trainer so i didn't know much about dogs so i had to go get myself you know academically trained so i i, I went to a, a dog training school i founded my company around the same time and then just through blood sweat tears and just pure motivation to help these dogs you know with the with the mission uh, or the goal in mind, which was keep happy dogs in happy homes. I founded my first company, Ad Attention Dog Training, which sir, uh, which is still in existence today. We're a pretty big company, uh, and we train. You know, we've trained over five thousand dogs, and we uh, operate outside of Philadelphia. And uh, that's been a real blessing, and I've been able to give back and really make an impact in the community with the amount of dogs that we've really helped. Um, and that has been really, really intrinsically rewarding for me, but there wasn't enough. And, you know, through becoming an entrepreneur 
and through uh, operating my own business, I learned that, you know, scaling a service-based business is pretty tough um, because essentially at the end of the day, what you're doing is you're exchanging time for dollars. And it's, it's very difficult to scale a company like that. So I went back to the drawing board. I said, okay, I created one successful company. That's going to keep going. How can I help more dogs? And not necessarily just dogs in my area because I'm limited by my geographical location, right? I'm not going to get on a plane and fly to Texas or California or Idaho or Iowa to go train a dog because it just wouldn't be economically feasible. I'm limited by the area that I'm in, you know, a 30 minute drive in any direction. So, and, and the company's hard to scale. So I said, okay, well, how can I, how can I make a, a, another company that can address these um, inefficiencies with geographical location, with time, with hiring and scalability. So that's when I created PupCamp. And so PupCamp launched this year. And PupCamp is an online subscription-based service where our customers, just like Netflix, you go and you subscribe, you go to the website, you subscribe, and then you get access to all of our courses in dog training and pet education. And so, you know, when we launched it, we had multiple courses. We had a course called Puppy Boot Camp, which is everything a puppy needs under the age of two, like everything they need. It's a massive course with 60 lessons. We created a fundamentals course, which is like a dog psychology 101 course, how to understand your dog better. We created a basic obedience course for dogs of all ages so that they, people can teach their dogs obedience in the comfort of their own home. Uh, and then we're going to be releasing really cool new stuff into the future, like a first aid course. So if you're out with your dog hiking or camping or or just out for a walk and something happens, like how do you help the dog to save their life? We're going to have a course on that. We're going to have a course on like uh, some veterinary things and medications and, and cooperative care and animal husbandry, things like that, that people will find really interesting. And that's just going to grow and grow and grow because we've created a scalable platform where we can just add as much content as we want to it. And so we're really excited about that because now I've fulfilled the mission in that I can help dogs all over the world through this company called Pup Camp that we're going to continue to build out and add new things to. And so that is my internal motivation was to look at the relationship that I had with Lulu and what she gave me and how can I replicate that and give that gift to other people, this incredibly strong, loving bond with their animals. That's awesome, man. That's a great, great uh, lead of, Use the military helped you out a little bit, but your your strong mind came from when you uh, faced adversity as a youth. Basically, when you were, were the outcast, basically a misfit like most of my old platoon was misfit nation. <laughs> right, you, right. you were that misfit growing up, and now you're on the island of uh, of uh, useless toys and stuff, the misfit toys, and you're here with us. But now you're helping everyone around, like you said, around the world with the push of a button. They can get dog training lessons for dogs of all ages. That's amazing. And I applaud you for your efforts here. And, and you said that launched this year or is that 2020? Um, so the, the version 1.0 of the website actually launched uh, last week. So, yeah, 2021, it's fresh and it's new. Uh, and we're already seeing people get on the platform and subscribe. 
you know, whether they, there's different options too. There's like monthly subscriptions, annual subscriptions, and lifetime VIP access. And it's it's a very simple system. I didn't want to make it convoluted or difficult. You subscribe, you get access to all the content. You get everything. Uh, and it's it's incredibly affordable. You know, the subscriptions are as low as $12.50 a month. And so I wanted to not have price be a barrier entry because like with my other company with service person dog training, it's expensive, you know, not everyone can afford it or wants to afford, you know, a, a dog training program or package that might cost them 500 or upwards of a thousand dollars. So the, the purpose of pup camp was to help every dog out there. And within pup camp, we have something for everybody, for any dog. And that's the idea is we really want to help the dogs and give people the tools to create their own success in the effort of replicating that bond that I had with Lulu. That's awesome. And uh, I know your bond with Lulu is what launched this and she basically pointed you in the right direction. She gave that aha moment by having her around you and giving you, giving you back your center, basically brought you back from, any edge of the darkness that you were in, right back to the center centerfold, and now you're helping everybody. So Lulu inspiration, and now you're the, I guess the, the weapon of that inspiration now to help. And that's awesome, man. Good job, good work, great work. Yeah, exactly. And I appreciate that. And you know, may she rest in peace. We lost her last year, uh, which was which was the hardest day in my entire life. You know, it was it was it was the hardest thing I ever had to go through was was saying goodbye to that animal. Um, but you know what? Her legacy lives on. And all that does is it motivates me to just keep pushing and to keep helping animals. And, you know, by honoring her legacy, like how many animals, how many people, how many dogs have already been helped by this, helped by her legacy? And how many people are we going to go on in the future to help? by helping them with their dogs, create bond with their animals and create some trained dogs and happy humans. Yes. And how many people are going to find their Lulu now? Thanks to you. Exactly. And You're exactly right. That's outstanding. So how many, you said the, what, 5,000 clients with the at attention dog training. How many clients have you had overall now since you went online and stuff? Yeah, so we ran a, a beta test for like 90 days because for us, from a business perspective, we had to say this is like a new thing. We're kind of on the frontier where we're, we're kind of combining tech with dog training by creating this online program. There's not really anybody that's doing it on a large scale. So we really had to prove the business model first. So we did a 90-day test. And in that 90 days, we had 150 people uh, come on board, signed up, and pay for the program. And they loved it. The feedback was tremendous. And we were so happy to hear that people really loved the program that we decided that we were going to not double down, but triple down on what we were doing. And we came in and had some professionals in the tech space uh, with website building and things like that. And like, you know, graphic design to come in and really turn this into something really magical. And that's why we relaunched it last week. That's outstanding. And uh, having a team behind you like that, a tech team, that you can rely on to help you get all the, the bugs and all the whistles going on your website is a, is a valuable asset to have as well. Well, exactly. Right. Because look, I'm not, I'm not a tech guy, right? I'm a dummy when it comes to that stuff. You know, I know training, 
I'm a, I'm, I'm a certified professional dog trainer. I know dogs really, really well. I know training really well. Um, and I, and I know how humans work with, with respect to their dogs really, really well, but I don't know how to program a computer. I don't know how to do all those, you know, high level tech things. So that's exactly right. Was I recognized that, you know, with ad attention dog training, I, I, I could, I could bootstrap the company myself, but with pup camp, this was a whole nother level. And I needed help from different experts in various different industries to come in to help me build this company because the scale, you know, it's a global scale. So we had to be much larger and much more efficient in different areas. And I needed experts on the team. And that's what we did. That's a brilliant move. And I'm, I'm just as big as nug, a nug as you are when it comes to computers. I know how to sign up and get my, uh, I guess, your your, your name of your website. I know how to do that. After <laughs> right, that right. I hope I do something right to get someone to get to it. So, <laughs> right. You know, just enough to be dangerous. But yeah, yeah, I get it. Extremely dangerous. I might be hacking myself. I don't even know. <laughs> right, right, right. So uh, I think I know the answer to this, but what is the biggest accomplishment you have had since starting your venture? Um, you know, we've had a lot of uh, really great milestones and accomplishments. Um, you know, since, since Ad Attention Dog Training was founded, uh, you know, the last month we hit, since the company was founded, we hit a million dollars in total revenue. And for me, that was a huge milestone, like a million dollars in dog training. Are you kidding me? Like, I never would have thought that this would have happened. Granted, it took five years to get to that point, but, uh, you know, that was a huge milestone, but you know, the biggest milestone for me was after losing Lulu. And I lost Lulu in the beginning stages of the planning for Pup Camp. So I was in the process of like filming videos when this happened, you know, and I lost her and I was filming every week. So I had to go back in and continue filming when I'm like an emotional wreck for weeks after losing this animal. Um, the biggest accomplishment for me was creating this program, Pup Camp, and the potential that's there to help people to make sure that her legacy lives on. That was my greatest accomplishment. Awesome. And uh, I know she, you just lost her last year, but have you gotten a new puppy or are you waiting on that? Yeah. So I have, uh, I have three dogs. And so um, we, we had three when we had Lulu, we were down to two and then we ended up getting a new puppy that we brought in that we wanted to um, have this, this puppy become like a working dog because we need um, dogs that work in the company, whether that's for filming or whether that's for the, some of the ad attention stuff. So we ended up getting a puppy uh, because our, our other dogs are getting older. You know, I have a, um, you know, Lulu was 11 when she died, but I have now, um, you know, a 10 year old lab boxer mix. Lulu was a, a purebred boxer. I have um, Otis, who's a seven year old boxer. You know, my dogs are getting older. Uh, and the work that we asked them to do is, is vigorous. And like my, you know, 10 year old senior dog doesn't want to be out there training all day. You know, he, he's retired at this point. Like he wants to be on the couch and he wants to rest and, you know, he's earned that. So we really needed to get a puppy in and train the puppy. And that's going to be a two year process because the dog's really not going to be ready to work in the company, like at a full-time level until he's about two. So right. we got this, um, this Labrador retriever is a field Labrador. So he's, he's really meant for like retrieving and hunting. So he's really high energy, really athletic. Um, so we think that that'll fulfill the need that we need for like a dog that can be out there training all day with us. And so we got a yellow lab named Sarge. And so we brought Sarge into the home and he's about a six month old puppy right now. 
And uh, he keeps things interesting and he's keeping my other dogs young right now because he's a puppy and, you know, puppies can be crazy with energy sometimes, especially one that was bred to do field work. So, yeah, he keeps us pretty busy. I bet the old bell dogs really, uh, they love them and then they hate them at the same time. <laughs> right. they, you know what? They need breaks. So yeah. the, the puppy spends a lot of time in the crate so that they can get breaks and they only have to interact with him, you know, maybe like an hour a day. So we, we manage it pretty well. My wife and I are both professional dog trainers. So they're, they're in the right home so that we're managing the situation well to prevent any problems. But yeah, he's a puppy. So he's just, he's got that energy. And so, you know, we're, we're constantly looking to try and tire him out so that he's uh, tired and not mischievous. <laughs> yeah, I have two near two-year-olds and two uh, five, six-year-olds. No, God bless so, you. There's a big gap between them, and you can see when the older ones get get annoyed with the younger ones. Oh, yeah. You know, older dogs, older dogs are such a blessing, though. Like, when you've had a dog for a long time, and then they, they kind of hit that six, seven, eight years old, man, those are the golden years when they're just, they're just chill. They chill out, and they're, they're, they're just, they're bonded with you, and they're just your little buddy. Uh, that's, that's really the, the golden years with having a dog. And, and they start to just live by their schedule. Like yeah. They, yeah. Dog, you know, dogs are such, are, are such animals of habit and patterns. Yeah. And once they've, and, and dogs will really adopt your schedule. I mean, they really will. And once they've adopted your schedule and there's kind of a normalcy to life, especially if you have more of a regular schedule uh, and that doesn't get disrupted too much. I mean, they, and they can predict what's going to happen. I mean, that's when they really just become great. Um, you know, if obviously if you live a more chaotic lifestyle, then you may not reach that. But but if they can predict what's going to happen because they're such creatures of habit, um, that's great. Now, and then also, you know, when that gets disrupted, that's when behavioral problems can set in. When that when those those habits and those predictions that the dog needs to make, when those things get disrupted, that's when behavioral problems can kind of creep in. So it actually is a really I mean, it's funny you mentioned that it's actually a really important part of dog ownership is. Um, you know, creating normalcy and habits and allowing the dogs to be able to predict what's going to happen on a daily basis. You know, they know at seven o'clock they get up, they go outside and they have breakfast. They know at noontime they're going to have their daily walk. You know, they know at five o'clock they're going to have dinner, things like that. Oh, yeah. And they don't have a watch, but they know time. So it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. My oldest, my oldest uh, Enzo, he's a, we think he's six. He's a, we rescued him uh, last year. I didn't know how old he was, but he was abused and such. But when he got here, his wake up time for him was zero four. <laughs> That's pretty early. Yeah. He wants to eat at zero four every day, and he he'll come and punch me on the bed, tell me it's time to go eat, and then at five p.m. it's dinner time, and then snack time at seven. Other than that, he he does does what he has to do during the day. <laughs> right, right, very good. <laughs> He's a good boy. So, uh, how did you get linked in with uh, Bunker Labs, or was it just via via your friend? Yeah, so. Um, I went through Bunker Labs, geez, a few, like three or four years ago now. But um, so I was I was still building at attention dog training. And at that time, I was just the sole owner and operator. And I was looking like, how do I grow my company? Like, I'm so busy. I need to scale this. I need to hire help. So a guy I know uh, who was uh, you know pretty high up and, and, and pretty much ran the Philadelphia arm of Bunker Labs named Joe Witte, uh we had gotten connected, I think on social media and he, you know, we met a couple times and he was like, Hey, you got to come out to do this bunker labs cohort. It's going to be so good for your business. And I was like, ah, I don't know. Like I'm busy. It's, you know, I got to drive into the city. So I got to deal with traffic. It's like real early in the mornings. Like it's a pain in the butt. Um, you know, but 
I decided I eventually gave in. Like he was asking me for like over a year, but I eventually gave in on, oh man, it was such a great program. And, you know, I don't have a background in business. My background was in biology. Uh, and so this was really kind of my master's course on business. And so I went through this six month program and it was just so good. And it was just practical business sense and how to like grow your business. And there were just everyone, there were other people there and they all had challenges and we had guest speakers come in who were some really, really smart people. Uh, and it was such a great exercise to go through. And after going through that program, you know, I ended up throughout the program, I hired one person. When I finished the program, I hired another uh, and started growing the company with all these new ideas that I had that I gained from the program. And, and now I have a team of 10 people that work for me. So the program was fantastic in helping me grow my company and really transition from just a guy with a lifestyle business to a veteran entrepreneur. That's outstanding. So um, I'm sure you've had mentors along the way. Uh, who have you been your three top mentors and what's the best advice that they ever gave you? Oh, geez. You know, I've received, you know, you know, I was a ground pounder with the army <laughs> and, you know, you don't have to have a real high have-sab score to get in to do that. Um, you know, I've received so much good advice over the years. Um, but a great – so the guy who ran was the was the executive director, I think is what his title was, at Bunker Labs Philadelphia, Joe Witte, has been an excellent mentor for me over the years. Uh, and he just had great business sense. And, you know, when I would have questions or was running across problems – um, he would give me really, really great advice um, in, in growing my company and just all aspects of being an executive leader. Um, so that was really fantastic. Um, a guy I know named Josh Leone, who is a web developer guy. I had worked with him when we needed to make like um, pamphlets and folders and like he had a kind of a graphic design company with all that stuff. It was great. Um, his company's Knucklehead Productions outside of uh, a city called Conshohocken. And uh, he was a great mentor because I've never seen anybody who just understood the human psyche as much as he did, where he just understood like how to talk to people, how to deal with people. Like the guy's charisma is off the charts. And, you know, and he, and he knows somebody for everything. Like, you need, I was like, Hey, I need a contract. He's like, I know a guy. I was like, Hey, I need, you know, somebody that's good for this. And he's like, I know a guy. Uh, and so he was a really great mentor because, uh, you know, talking with him, he would give me great feedback on different aspects. And I honestly couldn't say what the best piece of advice is because I've received so much advice from people. You know, what I've learned in business is to, uh, you know, obviously listen to other people and they're under that there's people who are much more experienced than I am. But I think if I had to say the most valuable piece of information that I've ever learned is not being stubborn and bullheaded about something, even if I really believed in it, but understanding when to pivot and making pivots is a really important uh, aspect of running a business. To give you an example, when I, uh, in the early days of at attention dog training, when it was just myself, you know, I'm training people's dogs and I saw a need for dog walking. And I said, all right, so there's people out there. They are doing training with me. They're, the dog's not getting enough walks. Like we need a dog walker. 
So the obvious fit was like, well, what if my company just did the dog walking, right? What if we just did it? Then it's like a, it's a natural upsell. So for six months, I ended up hiring some dog walkers and we were doing dog walking. This was like way back in the day. This was probably like 2016. And, you know, while it was a financial success, it was a tactical failure in that I was having problems like with hiring people and trying to keep staff there and have them do the walking. And then if they weren't there, I had to go do it. And I had to, I had to get serious with myself and like self-reflect and say, what am I here to do? Like, what is it that I'm, that I'm trying to do? What am I trying to build? And it's dog training. I don't want to be a dog walker, even though I'm making money off of it. That's not what I'm here to do. What I'm really here to do was to do training. And I need to really focus on that aspect and not be distracted with, other things like dog walking, even though it was making me money. So I think the best advice I've had is from multiple people is learning how to pivot, especially if you've made a bad choice and learning how to fail forward. I mean, that's great advice because sometimes you overtax yourself. Like you said, a tactical error. In right. and people do it all the time. They overtax themselves, over overspread their platoon, overspread their squads. And next thing they know, they're spread too thin. And you, exactly. You're you were doing the same thing with business, although you were, yes, you had the dollars coming in, but you were also taxing your whole business. So it was a wise choice. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's like being spread too thin. Yep. Are there any other organizations that you ever worked with or reached out to that were instrumental in helping you along the way? Uh, Bunker Labs was, was fantastic. Um, I also worked with the veteran shark tank, which is kind of like the shark tank, but the veteran version. They're based in uh, Philadelphia. They're national now. And I got an opportunity to pitch my company to them a few years back. And the experience of going through that was fantastic and really developing myself as an executive leader. Um, I had an opportunity to do a TEDx talk uh, back in 2019. That was a fabulous exercise. Uh, Incredibly rigorous. I've never had to like practice a speech that much. I mean, I probably spent 30 hours just practicing this, you know, 10 minute speech over and over and over again to really perfect it. Uh, So I got an opportunity to do a TEDx talk. Um, And and the dog training school that I went to was really instrumental too. I went to the Catch Canine Trainers Academy, which is an online dog training school. They pair you with a mentor in your local area. And that was a fantastic opportunity as well um, to be able to learn from them and go through their program to really learn my trade, which was dog training. Um, You know, so many things kind of shape who we are. And for me, that was the case where there were just along the way, there were all these different either organizations or uh, groups or even individual people that I worked with that really shaped who I am today into, you know, being this veteran entrepreneur. Awesome. I mean, you mean it's like you had a tribe around you that wanted you to succeed and push you in the right direction. So you had a lot of positivity, a lot of positive energy around you, and that really helped you out into where you are now. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and that was that was hugely, hugely important. And you know, and it does help to have cheerleaders in your corner. Uh, my wife has been hugely supportive. You know, I'm I'm getting ready to finish a degree in biology. And I, I talked to her in the morning. She's getting ready to go to work. And I'm like, hey, man, just so you know, I'm going to drop out of college and I'm going to become a dog trainer. She thought it was insane. 
at first. But you know what? Uh-huh. She got behind me. She believed in me. And she helped my dreams come true, which is to, you know, create these programs to honor Lulu's legacy. And having people that support you is really important. Um, you know, it, it can really be a, a huge factor in success is, is having the right people in your corner. Oh, definitely. And and having family buy-in, I think, is a 100% the best thing to have when launching a business or any kind of venture. For sure. Yeah, 100% agree with you. If you could give advice to any person that was deciding to take the leap into any kind of business, what would that be? Well, first, I would caution them. And I would say that if you're going to get into doing business and running a company and creating a company, uh, to understand that it's a lot of work. There are there are huge sacrifices that have to be made to be successful. You know, most companies fail. Most companies fail within the first five years. And so the, the, the first piece of advice I have is if you're going to do it, then you need to be mentally ready to contribute and give 110%. If you don't, the, the statistically speaking, you're more likely to fail. So make sure that if you are going to do it, make sure you're committed 110%. And that's going to come to finding what your motivation is, right? My motivation in becoming a dog trainer was I wasn't going to, I wasn't like, hey, let me go make millions of dollars because dog trainers don't make millions of dollars. You know, the reason I got into dog training was because of my, my personal mission that Lulu gave me, which was I'm going to go out and I'm going to create happy dogs and I'm going to keep them in happy homes. And when I had a mission like that, that helped me be successful because it wasn't about the dollar figure. It was about the impact I could make in people's lives. So first I would say have caution, make sure you're really motivated to do it. But the second is what is your mission? That is the most important question to answer, you know, beyond any business plan or values, or who you hire, or what your product or service is, like those things are all important. But the most important thing is having a clear, well-defined mission and having hyper-focus and vigilance on that goal. And if you if you work hard, you can achieve that goal. And like I said, for me, that was, I got to keep happy dogs and happy homes. And that's what we've gone and done. That's, per- that's perfect advice right there. And if people listen and heed to it that they'd be on the same path you are. And I appreciate that. Appreciate that piece of advice. So how would a person get in contact with you? What's the best method to contact you? Well, the best way would probably be through um, you know, something like either LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, David Shade, um, or contacting me through my websites at attentiondogs.com or pupcamp.com. That's a great way to contact me. Uh, they can also email me at dave at pupcamp.com. Uh, that's another good way to get in touch with me. So if they're, you know, either looking for dog training or any type of like partnerships or things like that, know them to network with people. Um, in fact, that should probably be like one of the best pieces of advice. And this was something that my uh, my wife had really stressed to me in the beginning. You know, I'm like this introverted, like combat, like like grizzled veteran, like, ah, I don't want to network with people. Right. But she was right all along. And she always said, like, I need to network, you know, I'm going to an event, grab a bunch of business cards, throw them in your pocket. She would always make sure I did that. Huge piece of advice is always, always, always be open to networking. Networking is so important. It's not about what you do. It's about who, you know, um, and always be ready to do that. You know, have, have a business cards in your pocket, get out there, even if you're uncomfortable with it, even if you're an introvert, 
the point is get over it because if you want to be successful, you got to network with people. You got to go. And that's my wife's advice. So, um, yeah, networking is really important. And, you know, I'm always down for that. Awesome. I appreciate you taking your time. I know it took us a little while to get connected due to uh, reactions to the great uh, vaccine for me. But uh, we're all back. We're all 100 percent now. And I'm glad we got this talk. This was a great conversation. A great story. Uh, when I'm driving up north, uh, I'm, I'm originally from New Jersey. So if I'm driving up that way, I might just swing, swing out your way just to visit and see how you're doing. Yeah, for sure. If you end up coming up here this way, you know, give me a call. We'll have to get together, have a beer or something. But um, yeah, for sure. You know what, Rich? It was a, it was an honor to be able to sit down on this podcast with you and share with you some of my story and kind of some of the things I'm doing in the pet industry. I really appreciate the time. And I think you have a real great prog- uh, podcast here going. Thanks, Dave. And uh, have a great day and continue doing the great things you're doing. Thanks, Rich. I appreciate it. No problem. Bye. That was great chatting with Dave Shape. He has started an amazing venture with Pup Camp. I can't wait to see how many pups and ultimately ultimately people he helps out. Thanks for being on, Dave. I look forward to getting that beer with you when I drive up through Pennsylvania. On a more solemn note, in the past we have spoken with other veterans who have made moves to get away from the demons in their heads. If you are feeling the darkness creeping in on you, if you feel like nothing is working for you, and are dealing with the effects of PTSD. Do not hesitate to phone a friend, a battle buddy, dang anyone. Do not make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. All right, so you know how we do this. Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us, the Misfit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. We appreciate you. If you want, You can help us by buying a cup of coffee. Link will be on our page. As always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling. Because we are the Misfit Nation.